0: I remember when i was seven or eight years old and summer would start and the days would seem to last forever was that your experience as well when i was seven eight maybe even nine the days especially during the summer months just seemed to be so long and almost never ending I had time for so many wonderful, amazing things, and I would be bored half the time because I didn't know what to do, and I didn't have anything pressuring me or overwhelming me. Then, as I finished college and started the quote-unquote adult life, it seemed like the days shortened more and more and more each year. And actually, my mom warned me when I was little. She was like, wait until you turn 20, and life is just going to start flying by. Now, is it really because we get older that things shift or is there something else? If you, like many people around me and like I used to, if you struggle with time and you feel like your days fly by and you never really have enough time for anything that you want to do. If you have a list of things that you want to accomplish that is a mile long and every night you go to bed feeling like you only accomplished maybe a quarter of that list, then this episode of Sincerely Speaking is especially dedicated to you. We are going to talk about the problem with time, where it comes from, and what we can do to feel differently about it, starting today. Communication, its effective use is the key to success in business, relationships, and life. Yet, we're never taught to use communication in a way that is effective, productive, and positive. The result? Interactions that lead to overwhelm, stress, discontent, lack of motivation, poor relationships, and the feeling of not being fully heard. We're engaged in a permanent tug-of-war, not the true flow of proper communication. Is there a way to fix this? Can the way we communicate truly be the key to achieving balance and success in all aspects of our life? Join me, Marcia Morrow, as we explore the answers to these and other communication, influence, connection, and success questions here on Sincerely Speaking. So, one of my amazing mentors, a lady that I hold in very high regard and that I respect. Very much. Her name is Shanda Sumter. She always says that the problem or the idea of not having enough time is really an issue of a lack of intimacy. Now, keep in mind, this is a woman who has several businesses, is married, has a young child, does all these things. She does more than most people. And she's telling me, or telling our entire audience, right, that it's not really that you don't have enough time, it's that you lack intimacy, that your issue is not with time itself, but with intimacy. The first time I heard that, it felt like when you hear something very profound, and you're like, ooh, that's deep, but you have no clue what it means. Have you ever had that experience, or is it just me? So when you hear something that you know holds value, and deep down in your your being, you know there's truth in it, and there's something profound to be learned in it, but you're not quite at the space where you can process it properly and understand the full effect of what it means, right? So the first time I heard it, I was like, ooh, no time is really a lack of intimacy. Now, my first thought was, of course, she doesn't mean physical intimacy, and she didn't, and she doesn't. Intimacy, the, the... um, shortest, sharpest definition or explanation of intimacy is into me you see is when you open yourself up to be fully seen by others and when you're looking to fully see others. right? So it's that deep connection between you and the people around you so that they know that what they're seeing is what they're getting and so that you know how to connect with them so you know them at a deeper level as well, right? So it's that level of intimacy. It's not sexual, it's not necessarily just with your spouse or your partner. type of relationship that is deeply ingrained in being fully open and being seen and allowing yourself to uh, be seen and see others, right? So it's that idea of seeing each other and seeing one another. And that was my first thought was, well, she can't really mean that time is equated to what we normally call intimacy, which is the romantic sexual relationship with your spouse or partner and I started thinking about well what could she really mean by intimacy and again it's this idea of being fully connected and then I started thinking about okay how can intimacy or lack thereof affect how we perceive time and how we see time and the more I thought about it and the more I worked on my own leadership and on how do I show up in the world what are the things that are holding me back and why is it that very often i feel like there isn't enough time there aren't enough hours in the day when other people do other people who have more going on get more stuff done and they don't struggle with time as much as i do so where can the connection be and i started breaking it down and i started trying to really understand what Shanda meant when she said that lack of time is really a lack of intimacy and how can developing this other type of intimacy actually help with my perception of time? How can I move forward in this understanding that everybody has 24 hours? People who have several businesses, families, marriages, um, lives, hobbies, and do all these things get to do what they get to do. I mean, if you go and research research Shonda, she takes off five and a half months a year. And working a little over half a year, she makes millions of dollars in a year. So how? How is that even possible? And I started thinking deeply and honestly about what the true problem is when we say we don't have enough time. And I... I'm going to propose to you, right, and bear with me because at first this is going to seem like, wait a minute, you told me you were going to solve the problem, the time problem, but you're talking to me about intimacy, but I will bring it all together at the end, I promise. But there are three basic elements in which not having the level of intimacy that you could have with yourself and with the people around you will create this sensation or this feeling of lack of in, of lack of time of like you don't have enough time to get things done and the first thing is if you don't allow yourself to be truly seen for who you are, then you fall into one of two areas that will deplete your energy and your focus and will make it seem like you don't have enough time to get things done. And those two mindsets or those two ways in which you present yourself are either as a superhuman or as a martyr. Right? So if you're not allowing yourself to be fully seen, if you're not at an intimacy level where you are letting yourself be seen for who you truly are, where you're not really expressing and bringing forth out into the open what is happening inside of you, then you will fall into one of these two camps. If you fall into the superhuman camp, then you have this complex of only I can get things done you present yourself as all-powerful. You present yourself like, move out of my way because I've got this. And what that does is it gives them, it sends the message to the people around you that you don't need them. You don't need their help, that you can handle it all, that there's nothing that you can't manage. And honestly, the people around you are probably looking at at you like, how? How they do it? How do they juggle all these things? How do they get all these things done? And they're probably really even admiring the fact that you can go it alone and that you can do all these things by yourself when in reality you're dying inside because every day you're going to bed feeling like you didn't accomplish everything that you wanted to accomplish. You were probably running around putting out fires all day solving urgent things instead of really paying attention to the important things in your life because you give off this air and this impression that you can handle it all that you can manage it all so the people around you step back and just let you deal right now the other side of this if you don't allow yourself to be fully seen is you can fall into this martyr persona or this martyr image where it's like oh I'm the only one who can. I'm the only one who does everything. And as a martyr, what happens is, people around you might even want to offer and might even come up and say, are you okay? But because you're in this martyr mental space and in this martyr attitude, you go, yes, I got it, thank you. And you can probably relate or know someone in your life who does this, right? And then what tends to happen is after a little bit, people stop offering because it's painful for them to see you go into that whole, oh, woe is me attitude and no, I got it. And they feel bad because they really do want to help, but they might even feel a little bit rejected because they're coming up to offer you the space and the solution and the idea of how can we do this together, the collaboration and you're saying no to that offer. You're not letting them in. So when you don't open yourself up to be truly seen, then the people around you will either perceive you as, no, she can handle it. She got it. Let me just step out of the way because there's no way I can help. I will just be in the way or there's no point in offering because then I'm going to be rejected and she's just going to continue or he's just going to continue to do things their own way, right? So that's the first thing. And Can you see how that can lead to feel like you don't have enough time? Because then you end up shouldering Everything that needs to be done, not just what was in your original to-do list, but all the little urgent things that come up during the day, all the little fires that need to be put out, everything else that needs to be taken care of along the way, people are going to assume that you're in the position to take care of them because that's what you always do. Right. The second way in which lack of time relates to lack of intimacy is in what we normally call trust issues. Right. If you are not open enough to be seen by others and or you are not putting yourself in a space where you are trying to fully see and understand others, then you fall into this lack of trust where you either feel like you can't trust anybody to do the things that need to be done. Or at the other extreme, you take advantage of the people around you. And so they stop trusting you to be fair in sharing your responsibilities with them. So you're either not trusting others or others don't feel like they can trust you. Because you are not open enough for them to see where the real need is and they are not seeing in return from you, this respect and this understanding of what their needs are. And that falls into the trust category. And then finally, and I think probably most importantly, the intimacy time connection relates to your commitments and my commitments, right? So when we are not fully committed, when we have a problem with understanding what commitment really is and following through with our commitments, then one of two things happen. And actually we have, we can have both happen. I know I used to have both happen. The first one is your focus is split in a million different directions because you are not committed to anything. So you're trying everything. So when I started my business, I would take this one course, consume the content, but before I applied or did anything, I'd be like, okay, what's next? And I would get into this whole notion of, no, wait, uh, this is probably not going to work. I'm still confused. I still don't know what to do. So let me go find another course. Or in the middle of starting one course or one training, I would hear about another course or another training and be like, oh, wait, that, that is what I really need. And I would jump around from one thing to the other. Um, Dean University calls that being a dabbler. And so does Tony Robbins. But that's what I was. So because I wasn't committing to anything, I wasn't following through with anything, I was distracted by everything. So that lack of commitment led to a lack of focus, which made me feel pulled in a million different directions and didn't allow me to really make any headway, to really make any progress forward. The other thing that happens when the commitment is not there is that because you don't finish what you start, you are sending yourself and your brain this message that you don't have what it takes to handle whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. So going back to the building my business example, at the beginning stages, I would get a course or a training, even a certification, for example. I would do the coursework. I would even get the testing or whatever I needed to get certified. But then when it came time to put it to action, to implement, I would allow myself to get confused or to get distracted by something else so I would not follow through in the implementation of what I had just learned. I would not take, put action behind the knowledge or the understanding or the information. So what happened was eventually I created this image of myself as someone who couldn't move past a certain point. So what started happening until I did some work on myself was that I would notice me getting to that point and then stopping just before that point so I would have another reasoning or another justification for not following through. And I'm sure that if we sit down and we talk about the things in your life that you feel you don't have time for or the things in your life that you're struggling with that you're not seeing through to completion, the same is probably true at some level. So because your brain is constantly looking for proof of what it believes, when you do this often enough or you don't follow through to the end, your brain is going to continue to look proof for, uh, for the fact that you don't have time to get these things done, that you can't handle something else, that you can't handle getting all the way to the end of whatever it is that you're doing so that lack of commitment and following through and getting through to completion getting all the way to the end is just becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy where then you don't have time for anything because your brain is telling you look you can't handle anything else So it's stopping you right before you enter into or go too far into another thing that it's just convinced you're not going to be able to finish and and follow through with, right? Does that make sense? So the relationship, the connection, and there's deeper things that we could talk about, right? But the main problem when we say that we don't have enough time for whatever it is falls into these three things, right? Right? We lack intimacy and therefore, we're not allowing others in to help. And therefore, we don't trust enough or we don't um, inspire trust in others enough for delegation and collaboration and back and forth and or we lack the commitment to follow through to get through to the end we have um focus that is split in a million different directions we keep giving our brains proof that we can't handle whatever it is that we want to do and therefore we stop short and that's why we feel like we don't have the time because our brain is constantly trying to prove itself right and it's telling us look you can't handle it don't even try you don't have the time you can't do it but how do we move past this right so those are the reasons that's the problem but how do we move uh, past this and i try to make this as actionable as possible but there are times when we just have to do the mindset work first right so we just have to work within ourselves first and this is one of those instances in which most of what i'm going to say right now is the solution is inner work It's sitting down being honest with yourself becoming aware of where your um where your block is where your fence is built And start doing the work inside of yourself to bring down that fortress or break down that fence, right? So the very first thing is set really, really clear priorities, especially at the beginning stages of trying to manage and prioritize your time. Make sure that you are so incredibly firm in what is truly important and prioritized for you right now at this time, in this stage, right? If it's not a heck yes, it should be an absolutely no, right? So don't be afraid of saying no. Don't worry about who might get hurt or who might not understand. But in order for you to do this, you have to be really, really clear on where you are where it is that you want to go and what are the things that need to be done in between to fill that gap between where you are and where you want to be so that you can set definitive and unmovable priorities for right now right like once you get to that goal once you reach that stage once you are where you want to be and you are envisioning that new goal then obviously you're going to move your priorities with that new goal but for right now i'm here i want to get here. So what's what do I need in between? And those are my priorities. And anything that doesn't fit into those priorities needs to become a no. Now that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be emergency things that happen, especially if you have a family, especially if you have kids. There are going to be things that are going to come up. But when you know where your priorities lie, you will be able to make a clearer more productive decision as to whether it is best for you to handle that urgent or that emergency thing right now yourself, or whether it's best for you to call on someone else for support and trust that they will be able to handle it, right? Which moves me to the second part of the solution, which is being honest with yourself and those around you about what it is that you are able and willing to handle and what it is that you're going to need help with. Learn to ask for help, but in a way that is considerate to the others as well, right? So don't suddenly become someone who's like, okay, my priority is my business. So anything that doesn't have to do with business, I'm just going to delegate to my spouse and they can handle the whole thing. Or I am going to have my older kid take care of everything and because then you fall into... Um, a space where they won't trust you because they feel taken advantage of, right? So your priorities should include everything that is important to you and everything that you want to take with you to that next goal, right? So what's the point of having a successful, profitable, amazing business if your family is going to feel abandoned and like you drop them and like there's no time for them. So in those priorities include all the aspects of your life that are important for you to maintain while you build this other thing. And I hope that makes sense, right? But be honest with yourself as to what things are okay to let go of and have a conversation with the important people around you about what you need to do. Like, for example, right as I am recording this podcast, one of my daughters is taking care of dinner. We are during the summer. She doesn't have homework. She doesn't have school right now. I'm working on things that are important to me. I'm working on my business. I have an event starting tomorrow. So my podcast needs to come out right now. And so I asked her, would it be okay if you help me with dinner? Right? And she agreed. She was happy to do it. In fact, we are so open in the conversation that very often when they see that I'm in my office space working, they volunteer to help me with certain things now. But a couple years ago or a few years ago when I started my business, I wouldn't have even dared to ask my husband or my kids or anybody else for help because I was a superwoman, I needed to do it all, that's what moms are, or that's what I thought. But as you are honest with yourself and with the people around you, they start seeing the value of helping you because you are uh, easier to get along with you are not as stressed you're not as overwhelmed things get done you have extra time to be with them and they support you because they see that it makes you a better person it makes you happy so be honest with yourself and with the people around you and don't be afraid ask for help admit when you need it but the other thing that goes with that is and this is number three accept that your way is not the only way because see that's the other thing my husband used to offer help when i started my business i'd be like "No, no no i can handle it but the reason i rejected his help was because he didn't do it the same way i did it and i wanted things done my way does that sound familiar to anybody so he would gladly help But if it wasn't done exactly the way I wanted it done, then I would go and do it again, or I would grumble the whole time, or I would become miserable until I started to realize, look, he's helping me. It's getting done. It might not be done exactly the way I would do it, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. It's done. And sometimes done has to be good enough, right? So accept the fact that as you lean on others, And as you start managing this intimacy situation and as it relates to your time, things might not get done exactly the way you want or exactly in the moment that you want them. But relinquish a little bit of that control. Get into the intimacy space of trusting and allowing them to trust you and give them the space to show you that it can still get done. And then finally, and this is probably the most important one, get in the habit of following through and finishing what you start. And I will make a small segue here and just mention this. Um, In the late 90s or around there, this whole idea of multitasking became the in thing, right? It was in vogue and everybody was talking about how you can multitask and how you can um, increase your effectivity if you multitask. Well with time and with more studies they have realized that there's no such thing as multitasking. Your brain switches quickly from one thing to the other but it can really only focus on one thing. So the reality of it is, and there are a million studies that you can look up about this, is that when you focus on one thing and you finish it, you take it on all the way through to completion, your brain then not just activates the focus on it so that it can get done faster and better but then it releases stress because it's done and when you move on to the next thing you have more bandwidth to manage that next thing right um i believe it was dale carnegie who was asked once how he got so much done and he showed them a very high tech (laughs) piece of technology that he used, which was a blank piece of paper that he would fold into three sections. On the top section he would write the top three things that he needed to do that next day, like he would do it the night before, right? And then as he went through the day he would start on number one Once he was done with number one, he would cross it out and do number two work on number two until it was done and then work on number three If for whatever reason he didn't get to one of those, like if he didn't get to number three, for instance, then he would open the piece of paper and on the inside, write number three as number one, add the other two priorities that he had, and repeat the process the next day. If he finished all three and his day wasn't over, then he had two choices. He could either call it a day, or start on his next three things on the inside of the paper. Does that make sense? But it was always set, three priorities. Put them in the order of the biggest bang for their buck, right? What is the the one thing that is going to yield the highest value or that is going to move me uh, closer to my goal? What is the second thing? What is the third thing? Look at number one, do that one. Don't do anything else until that one is done. Cross it off, move on to number two right? And if we can get into a habit that is similar to that, it doesn't have to be quite as narrow as that, right? Our worlds are very busy. There's a lot of things going on. We all understand this. But if we get in the habit of, I started this, I am not going to drop it or let it go until it is done. Then, not only does that change the narrative in our brain that we can't handle something into one that says you can handle anything but you will also minimize and reduce stress because you are completing things you don't have a million incomplete things hanging in the back of your mind weighing you down right so it's that simple and i know it might sound simplistic but trust me if you start today becoming more aware of where you're allowing your attention to be split where you are not allowing yourself to be fully seen and fully open with the people around you, or where you might be able to invite more collaboration and more understanding, then as you build that intimacy piece, as you build that connection and that openness with the people around you, you will see how that trickles down and has this snowball effect into how much you can maximize your time and how much you can actually get done as you move forward. I want to sincerely thank you for spending this time with me today. I know you have a million things you could be doing, so I appreciate you tuning in. If you have found value in this conversation, please share it with others. And as a thank you, I'd like to invite you to download a free copy of my tough talks checklist, which will walk you through how to transform even the most difficult conversations into tools for connection, respect, and collaboration. Simply visit marciamaro.com for details. Until next time, I'm Marci Amaro and this has been Sincerely Speaking.